And because technology is always changing and the markets are changing so quickly, mm-hmm. as I said, it never gets it never gets. Welcome back to Leave a Legacy. I'm your host, Gabby, and today we are sitting down with Janet Bannister. Janet is the managing partner at Real Ventures, one of Canada's largest early stage venture capital firms. Real is a leading source of capital for entrepreneurs who are building the next generation of leading tech companies. In addition, Janet is very active in the Canadian tech ecosystem. She is on the board of Communitech in Waterloo, Vector Institute in Toronto, C100, and is the founder of one of Canada's biggest online classified advertising websites, Kijiji. Janet was also a speaker at Legacy's 2021 conference. Hi, Janet. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Gabby. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Um, it's been a while since we chatted. Uh, last time we spoke was at Legacy 2021, which again, thank you so much for joining us. It was amazing to hear you speak. And I'm so glad I was the one <laughs> to get to ask you a couple questions. Um, yeah, I don't know. It feels great to come back to that and be able to chat with you again today. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it was such a great event. I absolutely loved it. And um, I'm so excited to be able to talk to you again today. So thank you so much for inviting me here. <laughs> thank you for being with us. All right. So do you want to give your our audience a little bit of background information? Um, tell them a little bit of an introduction. Great. Yeah. Um, so you gave a great overview in terms of sort of what, what I'm doing, um, but just to give a little bit more color on it. So I have been with Real Ventures for seven years. Real Ventures has offices in Toronto and Montreal, and we focus on investing in Canadian-based seed stage companies and really helping to uh, set them up for long-term growth. Um, I'm currently the managing partner of Real Ventures. Absolutely love my work, and my favorite part of my job is working with entrepreneurs. I just think there is nothing that could be greater than the opportunity to work with uh, ambitious, driven, uh, visionary entrepreneurs who have a dream and working with them and helping them in some small way to make their dream a reality and to help them build their business. I just, as I said, I absolutely love my work. Oh, that's awesome. That's great to hear that like what you do every day is something you love and that you can come back to and you're happy to do that every day. And it's actually really interesting what you do, like working with entrepreneurs and especially working at the early stage uh, venture capital firm. So um, going to that, like what you do, do you want to tell us a little bit about a day in your life? What does that look like? Absolutely. So um my days are pretty packed. I usually start, um, uh, I'm just sort of pausing, like, so do you want like my whole day or my work day? <laughs> um, either or, like, you're, okay, well, yeah, I'll give you the whole day. scoop. I'll give yeah, you the whole for scoop. Sure. So, like, I'm an early riser, so I like to get up like around 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Wow, I'm a big okay. believer in getting up early and I always exercise, which I find gives me lots of energy and set for the day. And then I typically am on my desk by around seven o'clock ish. And then I typically will start meetings maybe around 7.30 or eight. And I generally have back-to-back meetings from then until five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, And in terms of the meetings that I have, you know, I really miss those in-person meetings right now. Most of my meetings are on Zoom. I do prefer the 
by far the in-person meetings and just seeing, I think there's an energy that you get being in person. So I'm looking forward to the day when we can return. And um, I am having some of my meetings in person, but in terms of the types of meetings that I will have, um, typically in a day, I might have a couple of meetings with some of our entrepreneurs that we have invested in. And those meetings will be conversations, anything from, you know, how they're, how the company is doing, maybe the company is thinking about a different strategic direction. So we'll talk about that. Maybe they're thinking about hiring somebody and we might talk about the type of person that they're hiring. Um, Maybe they're having a particular challenge and we'll talk through that. Um, Maybe they're getting ready for their next fundraise and we'll talk about strategies for that and what type of investors to target. So we do, you know, that's sort of conversations. Mm-hmm. And then I'll typically in a day I might meet with one, uh, one or two new entrepreneurs who are looking for funding and meet with them and talk to them about their business and learn about what they're doing and see whether it would be a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. And then I might have a couple of meetings with people who are on our team. So we have about uh, 20 people on the Real Ventures team. And so I might meet with, for instance, our head of yesterday, I met with our head of marketing and we're doing some changes to our website. So we were talking about that. Or I might meet with um, somebody who's heading our uh, Front Row Ventures program, which is our program that um, since we have coverage at 20 campuses across Canada, and we have 55 students in that program who are making investments uh, in early stage student led uh, company uh, early stage companies and so um, I might meet with that person and talk about that program and how that's going and provide some advice and then the third group of people who I will often meet with so again there's sort of entrepreneurs both current and potential there's team and then there's our investors so I might have a meeting with our investors maybe it's a potential new investor who's thinking about investing in our new next fund, or maybe it's one of our new investors just checking in to see how it's going. So, I mean, that would be a typical day. Oh, I guess the other thing that I would throw in there um, that might happen in a day um, is you mentioned, as you mentioned, Gabby, I'm involved in a lot of different community things. I love to support the Canadian ecosystem. So um, through that, you know, I might have a meeting with, um, well, like for instance, today, Um, I'm meeting with some C100 people. I'm the co-chair of the C100 organization, and we're talking about how we can take that organization global. So um, having a meeting to talk about that. So long story short, it's a lot of meetings. Lots um, of meetings, yeah. And a lot of different like gear or gear changing or mental (laughs) shifting from one topic to the other. Mm -hmm. And some people find it difficult like to continually like every meeting to be like sh- shifting gears on di- different topics mm-hmm. I find that absolutely thrive on it I love it oh. I love yeah I love the okay gear shifting like talking about this and then mm-hmm. okay end of call next call we're going to be talking about something totally different I just find intellectually it's interesting and I love it and I thrive on it um and it keeps so then, the pace going I find absolutely it like switching pace. always back and forth that's like it keeps you on your toes. <laughs> it does. Absolutely. And um, keeps you on your toes, makes the days fly by. True. And then, yeah, so that's sort of my day. And then at the end, evening, I try to end my meetings around five, take a bit of a break. Maybe I'll go for a walk or hop on the rowing machine for 20 minutes just to clear <laughs> my mind. And yeah. then um, I often will do my emails in the evening. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. I always hear that people like to do their emails in the morning, but you switch it around. You like to do it in the evening. Yeah. You know what? It's interesting. So I'm a total morning person. Mm -hmm. And so I like to have my most important meetings in the morning. Again, it doesn't always work that way, but mm -hmm. um, like it's one me reason why I rarely have meetings after five o'clock because mm -hmm. I find I'm just not at my best and I can't bring my best self there. Yeah. Um, versus emails, I find, you know, you just sort of like to, 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 to go through them. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like a more of an in introverted type of thing. And so I do that in the evenings. Yeah. That's wow. That sounds like a busy day. Um, I don't know if I can ever do that because I am more introverted. And I just like after like three or four meetings, I find that I'm just like I'm drained and I need like some kind of individual activity or something like that. Um, but then actually like what to what you said, like having them switch around like back to back one after another I feel like I could probably do that because like you said like it keeps things interesting and it makes the day go by faster yeah and you know what I find is I get so much energy from the people I work with oh wow like, like I said great. earlier like it's like you know I'm working with these entrepreneurs or I'm working mm. with these different people who are doing amazing things and it's a total motivator for me and keeps yeah. me going that's amazing and you're learning so much from them just like I, I bet with these like new entrepreneurs coming in, like, I don't know how many you meet with on average, like new people per day or per week, but you're always hearing new ideas and you're always hearing different perspectives on things. And I bet it's also very stimulating um, just hearing that and being able to say, oh, okay, like this is something I've never thought of before. It's interesting to see that. Oh, I know. It's interesting because like I have been now with real ventures as I mentioned for seven years right and I still feel like every day I've got so much <laughs> to learn and um I mean part of it is because technology is changing right and yeah. as you say like we have a quantum computing company and like I really didn't know too much about quantum computing two years yeah. ago actually I would say I still don't know a whole lot about quantum computing but I know a bit more than I did then yeah um and you know we have some chip companies and then on the other end we have some e-commerce companies and it's just you know, each company is very unique and has interesting technologies, interesting challenges, different ways to go to market. Mm -hmm. And because technology is always changing and the markets are changing so quickly, mm -hmm. as I said, it never gets dull. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, that's great to hear. Um, so to kind of um, follow up on what you were saying, you were meet. So on a day to day, you have a lot of meetings and you meet a lot with new entrepreneurs or uh, ones that you're already working with to figure out new business ideas or like you said maybe hire new people so uh, I want to know for those in the audience that don't know what is it exactly that a venture capital firm does and what's a little bit yeah what's a little bit about it yeah absolutely so what venture capital firms do is they invest in early in well in tech, primarily technology companies. Mm -hmm. And so to be clear and just to give some more context around that. So real ventures, we typically will and in, we invest in, as I said, it's called the seed stage. So seed mm -hmm. stage is typically when the company is like four or anyway, so anyways, between actually, I'd say five to 10 people ish. Again, it's ranges around that, but say five to 10, maybe 12 people, mm -hmm. they will typically have a product in market and some initial early stage um, traction. And they're looking to raise money in order to fund their future growth. So, and just for perspective, so 
we real ventures we will see over 3000 companies a year oh. and we'll invest in about 10 of them oh wow so we see a lot of companies so <laughs> a lot of competition like, yeah so a lot of com- so then we we select ones that where we believe hey this can be a billion dollar company like we mm-hmm. believe in the vision we think it's going to be huge and we believe that the team is the right team that is going to turn this company into a billion dollar business. Like this is an awesome team. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, the team, that doesn't mean that they have 15 or 20 years experience. And a lot of the best companies have been founded by, by um, first time entrepreneurs who are straight out of university. Mm -hmm. And so in assessing the teams, it's not so much about, Hey, how many years experience it's much more about what is their approach? Do they have a set, you know, do they take feedback? Are they, are they always learning? Are they always developing? Do they hustle? Do mm-hmm. they, you know, can they attract people who are better than them to surround themselves, et cetera? So um, anyway, so we look at these companies, real ventures, we would invest, let's say on average, $2 million into the company, and we would take 12% ownership. Mm-hmm. And then we really view ourselves as partners then with the entrepreneurs, and we are on their side, helping them to make their business as successful as possible. Mm -hmm. and in terms of that um so we would help them we think about it helping the companies in two ways one is company development and the other is founder development so company development is all about okay what's like what's the strategy who do you hire what's the plan how do you go to market etc etc that's sorry, company building. And then founder building is how can we help this founder be set up for success and mm-hmm. build those critical skills? Because being a founder of a high growth tech company is extremely challenging. And your growth, your, your role basically is changing every six months. Right. So how can we help those people? So that's what we do is we then work with our portfolio and help them develop their business. Typically what we will do is so we will invest in the seed stage, we help them grow their business, they will typically be raising their next round, Mm -hmm. which is would be their series A, about 18 to 24 months after the after their seed. And so we work with them from day one, helping them say, okay, what are the milestones you're going to need to achieve in order to raise your next round, making sure they don't run out of money before then. And then helping them, you know, develop their storyline, develop their deck, introduce them to investors and supporting them through that entire process. Mm, So that's basically what venture capital folks do. What I realized, you know, and when I first heard about venture capital and I got a call from Real Venture saying, hey, we're looking for a partner in Toronto. You know, my initial reaction was, oh my gosh, like, why would I go into VC? Like, isn't that (laughs) all about like, deal making and cutting down the entrepreneurs and yeah. I just had like I had this image right of these like cutthroat guys you were like and I'm like I'm not one of those people mm-hmm. why would I go into VC and then what I realized is actually it really is about um to it's about working with entrepreneurs and helping them and really being more of an advisor and a coach and then building those strong relationships so that the founders trust you. Mm-hmm. And also so that the founders that you back will recommend that other people also call you. And so, you know, I love that because I really, and Real Ventures, we like, we really view, we are in service of our entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Our entrepreneurs are our customers and we're in service of them. And so I just love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it sounds like, 
I mean, from what, what the way you put it, it doesn't sound like cutthroat at yeah. all. It sounds like like you're really trying to put an importance on building a relationship too with these entrepreneurs and with the founders. And like you said, because you're in service of the, to them, your your goal at the end of the day is to help them be successful. So it just it sounds like a lot more. Um, it sounds a lot more nice than the other way. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I think. It's it's certainly. I think, uh, like, as I said, I love my job mm-hmm. and um, I wouldn't, I, I like, I, I love the fact that I get to work with entrepreneurs. And we, as you say, we really are on their side because we're partners with them, right? Yeah. And the more successful they are, the more successful we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Um, so to so, sort of follow up with that, um, when would you say a startup is ready to, um maybe partner with real ventures or receive that early stage or seed funding when when would you think that they're ready yeah so that's a great um question and um i would say so first of all we do have early stage like so real ventures the core that we core of what we do is we invest in seed stage we do we do have other programs pre-seed so that's even earlier stage where we'll write two hundred and fifty thousand dollar checks and we run an accelerator called Founder Fuel, mm-hmm. which is for um, very early stage entrepreneurs. So, um, but I would say generally in terms of seed, um, it's some product in market with initial traction, preliminary initial, some initial traction. Okay. Um, so they have to have that product in market already. Well, I was going to say it really depends. Oh, you know, okay. and, and I hate to sort of give it but I mean, again, I'll give some sort of the extreme examples where, Mm -hmm. you know, I mentioned we've invested in a quantum computing company, company is Xanadu, Mm -hmm. right? In that case, they they do not have a product in market. They have raised their series B and they don't have a product in market. But that, again, that's unique. So if it's a deep tech type of company, well, the expectation would be very different. And then we would much be more looking at the team and what they're doing. on the flip side, if you're an e-commerce company, as an example, or a marketplace where it's a relatively low cost to build the product, mm-hmm. um, where the key challenge will be, okay, how do you get customers at scale? Mm. You know, and, and how, you, then we would expect more traction. And mm. so it really, as I said, I think there's two, I, I'll give you two different frameworks mm-hmm. that you can think about. One is, you know, I think about sort of a three-legged stool and one is team. One is sort of the vision of what you're doing and one is traction. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to be strong in at least two of those. So for instance, again, if you're doing something really deep tech, super technical, and you've got a great team and what you're building on is amazing. And we're confident that this is the team that's going to build that. You don't need to have as much traction mm-hmm. on the flip side. If your, um, you know, if your vision is sort of smaller or um, hopefully you don't have small, but, you know, it's more questionable, then you would need to have more traction as an example. Right. And so it's sort of, and so that, so that's one way. The other way to think about it is we look at, Hey, what are the biggest things you need to prove in order to, or things you need to validate in order to build a huge business? And how much have you validated this? So again, again, I'm going to keep going back to like quantum computing and e-commerce, right? Just as an example. If you have a quantum computing company, the big thing that you need to prove is that you have the technology to build that. 
Right. Right. Or if you're building, a, let's say, a semiconductor, which we've invested in a couple of semiconductors. The key thing is, hey, can you build that technology that's going to be a breakthrough technology? And we can get there that, hey, if you build that, you're probably going to be able to sell it. Mm. And so it's like, hey, we want a validation. We don't actually need the product in market. We just need to get to the point where we believe that you can build that product. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, let's say you're doing an e-commerce business. And I'll just make it super simple, again, extreme case where you're building it on Shopify. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, there's not a whole lot of technology risk there. The biggest risk there is on the flip side, it's probably, you know, your go to market, can you get customers? How much is it going to cost to get your customers? How much are they going to come back and buy your products again? then we would want to see some preliminary metrics on that. Right. Um, so again, so anyways, hope that is helpful. I know it's a yeah. long-winded explanation, but I'm always hesitant to people who say, you need to do X, Y, and Z to raise your seed or to do your series A, because yeah. it's never that simple. Um, right. It's a much more nuanced example, so um, much more nuanced thing. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's not like a checklist, like you have to have these parts checked off. It's more like, okay, case by case kind of scenario, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like some people say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that company raised X dollars with like little revenue. But it's like, well, yeah, but you don't know, but you got to look a little deeper than that. Yeah. Right. Like, what is the team? What is the technology? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Have they validated that actually they could be quite far along the road? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very interesting to know, actually. And so when you're determining when you're um, choosing uh, founders or entrepreneurs to work with you, um, how do you determine potential for them and their companies? Is it are you looking at trends? Are you looking about at the people themselves? Are you looking about at their um, like their product? Like, what is it? So I think we look at it in two buckets sort of like Mm -hmm. as I talked about hey there's company development and founder development right it's similar we look at the company like the company and what they're doing and we look at the founder so I'll talk a little bit about that so in terms of the company as I said the key question is can this business be a billion dollar plus business in terms of value and so under there there's sort of like business 101 type of things like okay what is the product what is the size of the market what's the competitive advantage Um, What are the sort of unit economics? What's the go-to-market? Like, et cetera, et cetera, right? And you can probably flush that out and figure out, okay, those are all the types of things that we would look at. And then on the other side, it's what are the, it's the founders. And Mm -hmm. the key question there is, do we believe that these founders can take this to this business to achieve its potential? To be clear, we will not invest in a company and say, oh, love this business, we're going to invest. And then in six months, we're going to fire the CEO. Like, (laughs) that's just not, that's not what we do, right? Particularly for early stage. And so we're saying, hey, are these the founders who we believe can take it all the way? And as I said, that does not mean that they need to be today ready to run a public company, right? It's like, do we believe that they can grow over the next five, do five, 10 years mm-hmm. so that they can scale as quickly as the business can scale. And so therefore then what is required? So we have some specific things that we look for. So one is, you know, self-awareness. Is the person aware of what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, how they come across? Yeah. And that ties into, are they going to be able to 
you know, leverage their strengths, improve their weaknesses, or hire people around them that are better than them in the areas, right? So we look at that. We look at a mindset that's around personal growth. Mm-hmm. We look at resilience. We look at, hey, how quickly to does somebody sort of come up with an idea, test it, and iterate on it, right? At the particularly at the early stage, right? These companies, success is all around, hey, how quickly can you test something, learn from it, iterate, and then and, and go on and get better, right? And just keep right. that cycle of test, learn, iterate, test, learn, iterate, and getting better with each, with it, with each cycle mm-hmm. is absolutely key. And um, so we're looking for people who are doing that. And so what that means when we say, hey, you know, what have you guys been doing? Uh, with your business over the last, call it a year or two years that the company has existed, we are not looking for, oh, everything has gone perfectly. And yeah. like everything we've done has been perfect. No, we're looking it's at- It's never that way. <laughs> it's never that way. And that's okay, right? Yeah. And it's more like, oh, well, we tried this, it didn't work. So then we tried this and it didn't work. And then we tried this and we failed yeah. on five different things, but we finally nailed the thing and here's where we're going. Mm-hmm. then that type of thing gives us a lot of confidence because we know that the challenges are not going to stop and they're going to keep having these challenges. And we need to make sh- we need to be confident that the founders are going to be able to iterate and test mm-hmm. uh, and figure things out as they go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because like you said, like with early stage, n- nothing goes right. And also like you're not, <clears throat> you're not looking for someone to be ready to go public. You're you're looking for these people to perfect their product before they turn into that medium size or large size company. Um, yes. Cause there's like so much going on and so much to try and to do. So yeah, yeah that may- that makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, okay. So then I just wanted to finish off um, last uh, last slash second last question. Um, <laughs> so for those <clears throat> for those wanting to start tech companies, what are some key things that they should have? So I think the biggest thing they need is a vision mm-hmm. is in terms of what they want to do and what they want to build and why they want to build it. Um, I think that's the key thing that they need. I would say, you know, typically, Again, there's no sort of set path, but typically um, there are two founders. So there's two co-founders. One is who is more technical and the other who is more driving sort of the business in terms of business strategy and go to market and things like that. Again, mm-hmm. they, it, I want to emphasize, you know, we are back single founders. We back founding teams of four people. So there's all sorts of variations. Um, but I would say, you know, you don't need to be super technical to found to be the founder of a tech company. You may, if you're not technical, you probably want to have a co-founder who is more technical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but as I said, it's really that starting out with that vision of something and a passion around, Hey, this is why I want to do this. And I'm willing to spend my next, the next, you know, 10, 15 years of my life to mm-hmm. building a business around this. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And one more thing earlier, you said that uh, I think it was Real Ventures uh, partners with different universities uh, with a program that they offer for students. Yes, that's right. It's called Front 
Row Ventures. Front Row and Ventures, okay. If anybody's interested, you can look up the website. It's a great program um, and has presence at over 20 campuses. Right now, it's just in Ontario and Quebec, um, mm-hmm. but we are looking at uh, other provinces. Perfect. Yeah. So like Janet said, if anyone's interested, definitely go take a look at that. Um, I feel like that would be a great opportunity. Uh, So yeah, okay, we're all done here. I want to say thank you so, so much, Janet, for joining us today and taking the time to speak with me and uh, to provide so much valuable information for our audience. And yeah, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. Gabby, thank you so much for having me. So great to have a conversation with you again and really appreciate you having me on. And that was Leave a Legacy with me, your host, Gabby. Today's guest was Janet Bannister. You can find her on Twitter, J.E. Bannister. And as always, let us know what you think, guys. Follow us on social media. Send us in some feedback uh legacy canada or legacy can on social media and yeah also if you want to uh listen to anyone on the podcast hear about a certain topic let us know we're always willing to hear what you guys think and yeah see you on the next episode